What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. I have Chris Kaufman here with me. We were supposed to have Simon Clancy, but you know how we have that daylight savings time thing? They don't have that over there in Europe, so... Maybe he thought that we were doing this an hour earlier, hour later, whatever, but we couldn't get him on, at least not yet. But I do have Chris Kaufman. After a week absence, you were sick last week, Chris. How are you today? Well, I'm not dead. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, doing all right, doing all right. Uh, You know, not, not coronavirus that I know of, so very good man because you know, that's a plus yeah yeah because it really would have ruined this podcast you know what I mean? yeah you can't do just two i mean yeah, who would want to listen to an entire episode with just two of us oh yeah. wait yeah <laughs> but lucky for you the listener this is your free agency preview okay mm-hmm. now you would think oh well you know that dolphins never sign anybody well this year they have like you know three or four billion dollars in cap space and we do expect them to spend most of it maybe so maybe 70 75 percent of it yeah and let's start with the running backs chris uh, this list is pretty pretty interesting because you look all the way up up and down it and pretty notable names first of all you know derrick henry i think that we could lay that to bed it, it seems like tennessee is hell-bent on making him the highest paid running back in the league Mm-hmm. So I think you can toss him out, but I'm just going to go out and say it. I think the Dolphins are going to make a, a real effort at signing Melvin Gordon. What's yeah, it? I've been, I heard about that for like a year it? and a half. Yes. <laughs> would you be for it? You know what? Um, it, I guess it depends. Everybody's worried about the contract price. Yeah. What I'll say is this. His backup, uh, Eckler, just got – what was it? Um eight million a year maybe something like that Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of thought in out in los angeles with the chargers and among the fans that he's better or been better than melvin gordon so gordon might not be getting the contract let me put it this way when i just looked at spotrack's market value um estimate Mm -hmm. for melvin gordon they keep updating them and his latest is like 8 million a year. And I think that's on purpose because that's what Eckler got. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you look at the two guys and say, and you look at how talented they are and what they did. And you can say that there's an equivalence there or maybe even a preference for Eckler. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be, listen, that's, that's less money than I think that uh, Albert Wilson is getting. (laughs) Yes, it is. 
and he was like what did he end up like our number four receiver or something like last year and Mm -hmm. and you know even in a healthy year he's still gonna he's still scheduled to be behind um Preston Williams and Devontae Parker so he's like our number three why wouldn't you pay that to a guy that touches the ball more than anybody on the offense other than a quarterback Mm -hmm. that's that's what I don't get is like everybody's just totally against the idea of signing any running back whatsoever I think not only is he a fit for the offense but a running back touches the ball a whole lot and that means that they can affect the game a whole lot and yeah maybe sometimes you do hit on a late round or undrafted guy but we don't have those because we have Kalen Balazs (laughs) And we have Patrick Laird, and mm-hmm. we have Miles Yaskin, and it's like, yeah, I don't think any of those are turning out to be the next Arian Foster. So, um, you know, why not? Why not? Why not go ahead and buy this position in free agency so that you can free up a second round pick to address one of those other important positions? I don't understand the argument, the people that argue so strongly against yeah. it. Well, uh, let me let me say this. Do you think that there that it's a bit contradictory as far as what we're hearing? Because we do know that the Dolphins are enamored with J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State. Sure. Could it be that they want both? Is that possible, or is it either or? It could be both. I would tend to think that if you went ahead and plumped for uh, Melvin Gordon, that maybe that first and second round, those first and second rounders would be reserved for something else. Yeah. Especially if they have to use them in a trade up scenario, which we Mm -hmm. discussed ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I think for all intents and purposes, you're not going to get, unless Dobbins just falls, right. If he, if he falls late second or um, third round and you start getting to that area where you like, well, these guys aren't so good anymore. What do I, what am I going to do? Um, I tend to think that those picks before we have sort of a, a cliff mm-hmm. um, between the third round pick and when the dolphins are going to pick again, probably at the tail end of the fourth round with a compensatory pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, whenever we do the mock drafts, there's always like, you're always missing out on the rest of the talent that you want. <laughs> before you you circle back to that that other pick, so I tend to think that those the the first the first round the three first round picks, and then the two second round picks, and then the early third are all going to be kind of like targeted at a position, targeted at filling some needs. So maybe maybe not Dobbins if you do get Gordon. All right. Before we move on on the on the running back position, not to get into conspiracy theories, but Eric Studsfeld met with J.K. Dobbins for over an hour and a half. The very next day, J.K. Dobbins did not work out at the combine. Anything to that, or that's just a coincidence? I mean, I think there is. I don't know that there's anything to him not working out at the combine. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's no coincidence that and we know we know this are. We don't think. We know that there's no coincidence that Studsville, yeah. uh, Studsville met with him for an hour and a half. Um, yeah. Specifically, that guy and that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his guy. It's well, his for guy. The rest, for the rest of the running back room, you know, 
I, I was I would as soon just let everybody go. Maybe just keep Patrick Laird. But if we're gonna well, start over, you don't have to let anybody go. You got to bring ninety to camp. So whatever. But, yeah. But you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that a new running back room is not out of the question. Because yeah, yeah, what do we really want to keep from there? You know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I guess true. Laird is the guy that we want to keep. Mm-hmm. But you need four. And I look at, so which means we, we're going to have to take at least two in free mm-hmm. agency. I like my idea. The one I had when we, when we were filling out the off season, I like Frank Gore, you know, he's 5,000 years old, but you know, at the, at the league minimum, you could do a hell of a lot worse than Frank Gore. And I think he still has maybe a quarter tank left. Well, that's the, that's the thing. So when it goes, it seems like it goes fast, right? It's, it's, it's over, you know, and last year he didn't have this sort of year that he did the year before with Miami. So mm-hmm. last year in Buffalo, he didn't have this sort of, you know, efficiency and, and um, just total ability that he showed with Miami and Adam Gase's offense. So you have to be at least a little bit suspicious there because he's 37. Yes. So um, I don't know. Um, I don't at least, at least I don't see Miami doing that. Okay. Anybody else intrigue you from this list? Because this is one hell of a list. Spencer Ware's on this list. Forget Kenyon Drake. He's going to get big bucks. Yeah, I was going to say Kenyon Drake. <laughs> yeah, forget him. He's going to get – um, and I think Arizona's going to make him um, maybe top six or seven highest paid running back in the league maybe, somewhere around $9, $10 million a year. You know, depending on health situations, uh, Chris Thompson and um, – yeah. And also, uh, Spencer Ware, I would take a little look at just because, I mean, I, I don't know what the health situation is with him. I, I wouldn't have the first clue. And also Ty Montgomery. Um, yeah, I like him. So I'll tell, one, I'll tell you one guy I really do like and I do find interesting, and we can wrap up the running backs right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, why not Dolphin Killer Bilal Powell? Yeah, is, right. I mean, Or is he done? Because, you know, he is a 31, but he seems like an older 31 now. Yeah, didn't he play under – didn't he play for Chan? Yes, he did. Yeah, so I, I think I think he's – I mean, he's at least one of the top three that I would look at as far as not, – not my personal preference, I'm saying, but mm-hmm. the top three that you would look at and say most likely. And um, I think that that's a good part because I do believe that Miami will – probably be gathering some players that these coaches have coached before mm-hmm. you know they've got chan gailey and chan's crew um and they all coach together well now we we lost carl durrell but um they all coach together with the jets and so you're gonna see some some dudes that played for the jets mm-hmm. um like Bilal powell maybe or on the offensive line i've brought up several times you know somebody like a like a Brandon Shell, mm. um, maybe I I doubted Dakota Dakota Dozier, but yeah, something somebody some guys that they've seen before. All right, now moving on from the running backs, wide receiver. Uh, I would say they take one in the draft past the fourth round, and they don't address it in free agency. I think they go as is. Do you disagree? I it really, I would say that they're going to get one somewhere 
but I don't know what they're going to do with Albert Wilson. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the big, you have to know that, right? Yeah. Because if they're keeping Albert Wilson, then there's probably no room to do anything before, you know, sort of day three, the end of day three. Yeah. Um, if they don't keep Robert or Albert Wilson, if they do let him go, then yeah, they might, they might go for somebody. Um, you know what's interesting to me? Uh, let's say they let Albert Wilson go. You know who's really attractive? Taylor Gabriel. You know what Taylor Gabriel is going to cost you? Albert Wilson's money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't. I, I don't so think what that, are we doing? so. They're not going to go with Taylor Gabriel, and I'll tell you why. It's because they've already got Taylor Gabriel in Jakeem Grant, and mm-hmm. so they're already. And and keep in mind, you know, for everybody that doesn't. Whether you like Jakeem Grant or you don't like Jakeem Grant, it doesn't matter because they signed him to a long-term deal. So he's there, um, and he's going to be there. So I think that uh, you don't sign the exact same guy, a 29-year-old that hasn't played for you before or played played in your system or anything like that. Um, you know, I'd be interested in seeing what happens – maybe with Randall Cobb um, since that seems to be what they need. They need a slot guy and he's kind of a slot guy and maybe he gets less than what Albert Wilson is going to get or is is scheduled to get. So maybe they just go ahead and cut Albert Wilson and, um, and, and try and go with somebody like Cobb, even though he's 30 years old, who knows? Um, I would think I would think that this position is just off off the board. They got more. They got other priorities. Yeah. Now, just to wrap up the wide receivers, uh, Jordan Matthews. Like, what happened to him? I remember him doing some pretty good work out of the slot. He's not old. He's twenty eight years old. Yeah, but he's, he has. It's also been years since he was relevant. <laughs> yes, it's been two years um, at least. Yeah. So and sometimes guys have a decent year. And, yes, I know, listener, that you're going to say, wait, 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 wait. Didn't you guys talk about Nelson Aguilar? I think he's going to be expensive, guys. So, I don't see us spending a lot of money on Nelson Aguilar. You know? I think we have other pressing needs. And I don't think wide receiver is one of them. I catch catch colds better than Nelson Aguilar catches the football. (laughs) Yes. And, besides, we got Devontae Parker. We got Preston Williams. That's a pretty good start you should be able to build a pretty good wide receiver core just starting with those two. Really is. I mean, and, and especially since Chan seemed and Chan and Ryan Fitzpatrick seem to work so well with the big taller guys. Yes. Um, and now they got, cause, and don't forget, you know, Mike Gesicki is going to be virtually a wide receiver in this offense mm-hmm. um, for Chan Gailey, because that's his history. He's going to use them split out a lot. He's going to use them, a lot like he did Quincy Anunwa. Um And if you go way back, the way he used Tony Gonzalez and, and some other guys in his, in his history, he knows how to use guys like that. He puts them on the perimeter. He puts them in the slot. And, um, and you're going to see somebody like Durham Smith or maybe Michael Roberts, who they just signed, be used just in line as sort of like a hundred good one, if you recall the way back to Chan's first stint in yes. Miami. Yeah. Um, and so what that leaves you with, though, is it leaves you with virtually 11 personnel, but with the third receiver being Mike Gesicki. 
mm-hmm. with the other two probably being Preston Williams and um, and Devontae Parker, big, big tall trees out there. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're going to see a lot of that in addition to the wide receivers that they do have. Yeah, and people seem to forget because it seemed like it's, it's ages since Preston Williams was playing football, but Preston Williams was headed for Devontae Parker's season before yeah. Devontae Parker had Devontae Parker's season. Yeah, it, it took Preston Williams going down yes. before Devontae really lit up. Yes. At that point, we were like, you know, he's having an all right year. He's not having a great year. Yeah, Preston Williams and then all was of a sudden, headed. Yeah, Preston Williams was headed for a thousand yards and double digit mm-hmm. touchdowns. Uh, that's a hell of a rookie year. Sure was. You know. All right, let's so, move on to tight and end. He's getting better. He's going to get better. Like, Absolutely. So. And he's healthy now because uh, last we heard, he is running right now. So. Mm-hmm. If he's running now in March, I guess he's ready for camp. Mm-hmm. Now, tight end, uh, I like. I really like Nick Vanett. I think he's going to be expensive. I don't see us springing big bucks for a tight end. I don't think this is a position that we're going to address in free agency. I think they're done at it, actually. I think yes. Michael Roberts was it. I think that was mm-hmm. – they, they went ahead and, and shot their shot already. Mm-hmm. So that one's done. Now we get to the nitty gritty and that's the offensive line because some can argue we need five guys, man. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Like, can we get away with just getting three? Yeah. But we kind of need five guys. Mm -hmm. All right. Where do we start? The left tackle position. What's out there? Obviously not Greg Robinson. No. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. Unless you know, unless the State Department I, gets involved very soon, I picked a big winner there. Yes. No, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Okay. It looks barren out there, Chris. At left tackle, uh, it I don't does. You know, I don't. Luckily, the draft has some good tackles, and that's where I think they're going to go. Yes, and I have one in my mock draft, which we'll we will get into it a little bit mm. later on. But as I was doing that mock draft, if you noticed, uh, I had four tackles going before the Dolphins took theirs. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight to get one of the premier left tackles if we're all in on a quarterback, and I think we are. So in free agency, I don't see what's out there at left tackle that we can use. A left unless tackle? Gonna, yeah. I mean, yeah. Just, unless, yeah. It's gonna come, unless it's going to come and trade and – you know, and obviously, if it comes in trade, we're talking Trent Williams, and that's $20 million a year. He says that's what he wants. That's his demand. And I think he's going to get that. I think he's going to get that because Larry Tunsil has been telling everybody who would listen for the last two years that he wants somewhere around 65 to $75 million guaranteed and $20 million a year average. And if Larry Tunsil is going to get that, Trent Williams is just going to get that, you know, on a shorter deal. Mm-hmm. But he's going to get that because – for the better part of the last four years, Trent Williams has probably been the best left tackle in football. So, I don't know if we want to spend $20 million, but it would sure fix that position. It would for three years, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah that's, a, that's a good question. Well, three years, three years is three years, right? You can always figure it out later. Um, I mean, you could be really if, optimistic and say that he's going to be here for a long time because look at Jason Peters. He's sure. still playing mm-hmm. at a high level. But that's rare. And he's 100 years old. He's 38 yeah. years old. <laughs> Speaking of which, he's a free agent. He's yes, looking he is. For, he's looking for work. Yeah, um, signing, signing 38-year-old left tackles is not the smartest thing you can do. Andrew Whitworth is still playing at a high level, and he's, he's out there. <laughs> yes. Um, 
yeah so i i think that if you have a conviction yes that and this is this is really dicey but if you've got a conviction that jack conklin can move over to left tackle yes and which he played in college let's Mm -hmm. be fair um if you really think that he can but coming out of college he was regarded to be a a right tackle because we didn't think he was going to cut it at left tackle so um if you think he can, that he can move back there, then maybe because his his current bidding seems to be around fifteen million a year or north of yeah. that, and cool. and that's kind of what DJ Humphreys just got to be very mediocre. So at left tackle, so it, you you could argue yourself into saying, well, we got ourselves a bargain if I because I've got a conviction that Jack Conklin plays left tackle. I wouldn't be there. That's my personal opinion. Um, so that means trying to sign Jack Conklin for $16 million a year at right tackle, uh, which I think is where his contract is going to get bid up into, maybe even higher than that. I don't know. Um, and I, I just can't. I can't. I can't. He's, I can't. His own team didn't even decide he was worth the fifth-year option yes. just a little bit ago. I agree with and, you. And now all of a sudden he's – that much better listen i i i'll be the first to say that jesse davis is an average right tackle like he he was below average and got himself up to average by the end of the season yeah um and, and jesse and so davis, i'll be the first to admit that but yeah, jesse davis jesse davis's entire appeal is that you're getting what you pay for that's it yeah exactly is he is jack conklin um what like 12 million dollars better yeah, like right Jack Conklin, look, Jack Conklin is a hell of a football player. I don't get excited like I would get excited if we traded for, like, let's say, Lane Johnson. Right. Like, if we got Lane I, Johnson here, I would say, you know what? We got one of the best rest, right tackles in football, if not the best right tackle in football. Yeah, but they signed him to a big deal. Yes, they did. And he was available. And they mm-hmm. even seemed to make everybody good on that offensive line available. And then they come to an agreement with them, which is yeah, right. maddening because they've done it with three really good offensive linemen so far. But Jack Conklin, man, he can play, but wow. I'm, I'm just – I don't see it. I can't spend that money. Not on him. Not on, just, unless you really got a conviction, he's moving over yeah. left. And, you know, you can keep Jesse Davis over at right and have a good overall value. Maybe they think that he's, he's got that versatility. If he does have the versatility, then, then he would be attractive because versatility is what they need because right. that gives them the option in the draft to – draft whoever falls in them at 18 you know it doesn't matter if it's josh jones or jedrick wills you know um that's what you want but i think you can do that another way um you brought up a guy actually um before in our mock offseason uh and andres pete and yes. he's a guard he's a left guard but he yeah. he has the ability to play left tackle yeah, and, I, and and pretty good segue because that's where I was going next. And this is before we go into the centers because maybe you have something up your sleeve there. But the guards, I think this is where the Dolphins make a statement. Uh, every single beat writer, every single New Orleans beat writer thinks Andrew Speed is gone. And some of them think that he's coming here. He's 26 yeah. years old. He's a pro bowler. Pretty damn good player. I'd pay him his 11 or 12 that he's – slated to i guess get this year what say you think about and I this plug him in at left tackle and i'm fine with it 
think about this though um we know that there's sort of a simpatico relationship between the saints front office and the dolphins front office we know that Mm -hmm. um this is the reason that they trade with one another they're when you have that sort of rapport with one another then you end up productive trade partners and that's just the way it goes in the nfl and they so we know that they talk we know that they have a rapport with one another and we also know that steve ross ended up interviewing one of their guys one of their coaches for the head coaching job even though we all laughed at it and he and he probably came in second in that race and and that was the the defensive coordinator um what's his name dennis allen um yeah dennis allen yeah yeah he probably former, came former in second Raiders head coach he came in second in that race um you know even though all of us are like what you know but that's <laughs> yeah. that's a fact so so there's there's a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of relationship there with the Saints and the Dolphins, and that could actually work in Anders Pete's favor because the Saints just can't financially commit to him. Yeah, yeah, just, there's no money. It's not. That, yeah, they just. It's it's not that they don't like him. It's like, listen. Yeah, not only don't they have any how money, can we do this? <laughs> yeah, not only don't they have any money, but they got to find forty million a year for Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Drew Brees just finished announcing. Yeah, Drew Brees just finished announcing, you know what? I'm playing two more years. Yeah. And he's being really specific about it. So that if he's saying I'm playing two more years, that means go get me some money. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So so yeah. so I it's not that the Saints I I think this is like an amicable parting of ways here. It's not that the Saints are like, ah, you know, he sucks, he's he's really disappointing, stuff like that. They probably like him and they're probably what I mean to say is they're probably talking him up. I mean if the Dolphins the, the Dolphins can call the Saints right now and ask them about Andres Pete. And the Saints are probably going to be honest with them because they're not in the process of trying to, of trying to bring him back in the fold and commit money to him because they just can't. They just, so they're, they're probably saying to the Dolphins, you know, yeah, this is a good player. Um, he would do well with you guys. We just, we just can't swing. We got to find, find, we got to search the couch cushions and try and get $40 million for Drew Brees. I didn't, how are we going to swing this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that I think that relationship could come into play with Andres Pete, and I I would watch out for it because he can, you know, in a pinch. This is what I brought up with Greg Robinson as a possible potential left guard before he got, <laughs> before he turned he got caught on an episode of Narcos. My favorite uh, moment of the off season was <laughs> you and me arguing over over drug laws in this country, which we agree, by the way. Okay? Uh, there's not like an inch of daylight between uh, Mr. Artiaga's and Mr. Kaufman's political views as far as the drug wars in this country. Uh, I was arguing, you know, the law's the law. And it seems like he did a little bit more. That's like, yeah, but what's a little bit? Or yeah. what, no, wait. Yeah, the, somehow what they Chris said, Kaufman, like, they said he had a lot. <laughs> yeah, Chris Kaufman somehow had Greg Robinson crossing the border with, like, a roach or like half a joint yeah, like, i was like you, know, you never know what they consider to be a lot like they, yeah, what, they was have, what was what was like the final tally thing. 260 pounds something like that uh, i i think it was yeah i think it was like 175 pounds or something yeah somehow <laughs> like, yeah the street value was somewhere around 2.1 million dollars <laughs> like okay that's so, a hey lot. man <laughs> hey you know hey you know god bless greg robinson that you can afford two million dollars in weed you know what i mean yeah god bless man i mean you know i would why don't you live in large why don't you just get some oils man you can have that much thc and, and, and not yeah. that much not so that yeah much so weight. unfortunately that's not going to be a, a 
a solution to to any of our offensive line woes. Yeah, uh, but in the same vein uh, as as what I was talking about with Greg Robinson, one of the reasons I liked it is that versatility, left guard, left tackle versatility, which gives you some fallback options if things do or don't go your way in the draft. And the idea here, if you've got left guard, right guard, or if sorry, if you've got left guard, left tackle versatility with Andres Pete, yeah, and then right guard, right tackle versatility with Jesse Davis, then you you are setting yourself up with that situation where at number eighteen overall, you're just going to see who who falls, mm-hmm. because we know that there are five that we all like, right? Yes. We know that there's there's um I, I'm no particular order here, but Andrew Thomas, Makai Becton. Josh Jones, Jedrick Wills, and um, and Tristan Wirfs. I, Tristan Wirfs. Oh, of course, I can't forget him. He is my favorite. Um, yeah, so some of them are playing right tackle in college. Some of them are playing left tackle in college. I don't like to move guys unless there's a you know real reason that you need to do that. Um, so you could be you could be a little bit agnostic about you know the, your compatibility is such that you have the ability to get any one of them that falls to you. All right. Now, I discussed the nuclear option and the, when we did our off-season show. Brandon Scherf. Now, yeah. I don't know if he's going to make it because they're talking about tagging him. Mm-hmm. And I think the deadline is this Thursday, so that can happen. He's 28 years old. He's a road grader. Great player. Sport Track has him at market value $12 million a year, $12.4 million a year. I'm sold. Yeah, I think you might get more than that. Yeah, I, I believe so. But because they also have with with Tooney, Joe Tooney, they have him at like thirteen point nine. Yeah, I think he's going to get more than that too. Yeah, I think Joe Tooney might end up the highest paid guard in football. Yeah, okay. I, maybe ever. Yeah. Speaking of which, Joe Tooney. Why would not? You, would you spring for Joe Tooney? I'd I'd certainly want to know what the price is. You know, he did you know he played left tackle in college? No, I did not know that. Yeah, he played left tackle for NC State. He was um he was a real interesting cat coming out of college because he you had to go back a couple of years into his um into his his guard tape to really get an idea of what he was like at guard. Mm-hmm. Uh but he played a lot of left tackle in his final year at NC State. Uh, maybe his final two years. I don't I can't memory's getting a little bit fuzzy. But, um, yeah, and so it's one of those issues where you're, you're watching left tackle play and you're like, ah, how do I project this? He's not doing what we what we would need him to do at guard. He's not showing the things. So a lot of people were were down on him because of that. But um, And also just looking at the build, you're like, God, how's this guy going to anchor at the NFL level? Obviously, he was really athletic. Obviously, he can move around. He's super-duper agile and dripped all over the, the tape. Um, but I just thought he had this incredible like back and core uh, ability to just bow up and, uh, and, and not get bullied around and actually do the bullying. Um, and he played left tackle. It was, it was sort of like he just always defied the odds. Like you kept looking mm. at the tape and you're like, somewhere in here, if I search through enough of it, I'm going to find the aha moment where the big 320-pound – explosive defensive tackle or somebody like that just made him you know just bullied him around and <laughs> and, yeah. and and dealt with him and 
you, you sifted and sifted and sifted and you couldn't find it ever. And there's a reason for that. And that's, that's what he is at the NFL. And that's why he's become such a good left guard at the NFL, but he did play, he did play left tackle. So you never know. Yeah. Uh, you can try and pinch. All right. And two guards to wrap up the position. Graham Glasgow, mm-hmm. Quentin Spain. Both, I think, are starters on our team and day one starters. And yeah, that's not saying much. I think, yeah, that doesn't say much. But I don't think that we have to break the bank for either one. I think both are under 10 a year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a cost-saving move if you want to spring for, for an edge player. I think Quentin Spain would be lucky if he gets – he'd be lucky if he gets $2 million. Really? Yeah, he just he just finished coming off a pretty good year. Yeah, but I mean, he made he made only he made only two million dollars last year. Last yeah, year, that's all he made. And he's here. He is another one and done. You know, contract. He's twenty. He's not getting any younger. He's twenty nine years old. I was speaking um, to a Bills think, fan the other day on Twitter, and he was telling me that uh, Buffalo fans really like him and that they would pay him two years, ten million. That's how much they liked him. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he could get that. I don't know. I would be a little bit surprised if he. I think he's going to be in line for a similar deal like he uh, like he got. He didn't. Mm. He doesn't. He's good. Like he's he can play. Yeah. And what he is is he's a massive human being, right? He's mm. he's a very very big guy, and so and he passed. He, he's not a fat guy either. No, not a fat guy. He's he's a very big. Uh, powerful guy so he pass protects really well um or at least he anchors really well mm-hmm. and um and so you're not you're not having a lot of problems with him that way i wouldn't say you're getting movement and skills out of him in the run game though no. so you know he's that guy <laughs> you can get him in he's 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 a merc uh, you can get him in for for a year and that's kind of how the nfl i think is viewing him that's why i'd be surprised if he actually got some money all right now the center position i know you want to you want to blow daniel kilgore the hell out of here i yeah. just don't see you know it's you know I, there's one obvious one but i think baltimore's going to figure that out and that's matt score and he's also a restricted free agent so yeah, you know, those guys don't free agent. Don't even bother looking at those. Yeah, you know, the, the just waste your time. Was that they were that they were, you know, that his injury, you know, could get him to shake loose. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. They're committed. The Ravens like him a lot, and they're going to figure that out. So Matt Skura will be a Raven, I think, this coming season. What's left out there that you like? You know, just one guy, and I know that a lot of people are on to Ted Karras, and for all I know, that's exactly who the Dolphins are going to go after because I do believe we're going to be on the friends and family program this offseason. Um, the good thing so, is that New England does have a lot of good players. To, well, yeah, I mean, but you know? Karras, is, to me, is just a guy. But, He's probably um, the worst of the New England free agents. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. <laughs> this is like this is like that heat in those heat conversations that we've had before where it's like, you know, the heat he managed to get these these uh G League guys to play kind of well and then yeah. and then they and then they get paid and it's like whoa yeah. this is this is still just a G League guy. Um yes. but yeah so so I I, I think uh, the guy that I'd look at is actually Ben Garland. I've said it before San Francisco okay. 49ers. He was always a really unique run blocker, very, very unique in his mobility and, and the things that he can do. Um but he was played a lot of guard positions and 
he got he would get found out for his pass protection ability at some of those positions. I think in San Francisco, he got into that um, Kyle Shanahan system, that sort of zone system there, uh, where the swing, the center position, is extremely important. How important? They, they're the ones that dumped Daniel Kilgore unceremoniously and then gave you know huge amounts of money um, to yeah. the – the what's his name the center that they have there um the anyway the the center that they have in uh in san francisco is on a massive contract they gave that to him right away in free agency and then just dumped daniel kilgore to the dolphins afterwards and the reason is because that center position and i've heard kyle shanahan describe it is so important in that system it's it's where the run game starts to be established from the center position anyway he Western Richburg, that's the guy. Well, anyway, he got hurt, like, you know, partway through the year this year. And in step Ben Garland, who's admittedly above 30 years old, um, and he played it even better. I watched, I watched the, you know, I watched the games, and he was playing the position even better than Western Richburg did. And where, whereas at guard positions, you get a little bit isolated and, um, and he'd get found out in pass protection it it wasn't happening at the center position for san francisco so i would think about getting him in miami to replace daniel kilgore and then and then drafting a guy because you know how much um i like matt hennessy of uh, of temple mm-hmm. yeah i and that and i think that that's just the perfect package right there you you get ben garland to be the starter right away until Matt Hennessy is ready, and maybe Matt Hennessy is ready earlier, maybe day one. Who knows? But um, I think that's just the way you, you hit a home run at that position. Mm. All right, now let's move on to the defense. They need a lot of help. I get the sense that they're planning something there, Chris, and I don't know if it if it's that they're going to actually go balls out for a guy like Judon. Or could yeah, he's be, gonna get the tag though. So you you, you think he's gonna get the tag? Ah, right, that's that's the rumor, isn't it? So, well, it's it's the rumor so far, but we have Thursday until it happens. Right. You know, I look at everything else, and everything's gonna be really expensive. I get the sense that they're really in on DJ Reader, and wow giving him that we're back to that you know we're getting like a lot of buyer's remorse you know what i mean yeah or shoppers yeah. remorse we should say uh sport track has dj reader at 12 million dollars a year annual salary i just don't that's, see it that's steep. i don't see them doing it i don't see them doing that for for him that's, that's pretty steep yes it is and you can get like michael pierce evidently you can get him for a lot cheaper than that yeah and, and get a similar type of player but, you know, fair that warning, seems... listeners, we have heard that they like him, that they like DJ Reader. I don't right. know if they're going to spend that money. If they spend that money, I think it's a mistake, honestly. Christian, no, not Christian Wilkins, sorry. Devon Godshaw gave us that scare on Twitter yes. recently where he's like, you know, ah, I guess this is just a business, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like, he's, did you just trade it? Um, <laughs> yeah. I think he was commenting about Trey Turner getting traded from the Carolina Panthers. Panthers which was odd um, to me. Which I wish we'd have gotten in on. Yeah, um, like, I didn't get that one. Like, you know. I didn't get it at all. Yeah. Uh, so Especially I what think, you went for. 
Yeah, that's he went for. Jesus. He went for. You know what he went for? He went for Brandon Albert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he went for broken down Brandon Albert at the end of his career here in Miami. That's what he went for. Yeah, that's who Russell Okung is. It's pretty insane. I I don't know what yeah. the deal is there. Maybe there's some injury stuff there. I don't know, but um, yeah, I wish we'd have gotten in on that, and we we should have topped out their offer and just gotten him because that's yes. perfect, just perfect. Yeah, um, absolutely. So anyway, defensive line, DJ Reader. You know, if if we did not miss on, if if there was no thing with Devon Gacha, then I, I'm still iffy on whether this is going to happen. I know they like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I find it a little difficult to justify when you've got the some of the guys that we do have with Devon Gacha and Christian Wilkins, especially Christian Wilkins already. Um, mm-hmm. But who knows? You know, uh, maybe maybe that's just the way they they go after it. I would think you gotta you gotta get some guys on the edge. Yes, and particularly what I would want to see is the crash defensive end position filled. I mean, this is this is usually a spot where you get a guy that was formerly drafted really high because he's just that physically gifted. Yeah, and I know, and, I know just who fits that bill too. Yeah, yeah. And Leonard Williams fits Absolutely. the bill. Now, Sportrack um, has him at 8.2. I don't think that's even possible. No, nah, that's not they're, happening. They're talking 12 per in yeah. New York. And uh, the my favorite pastime is always reading all the beat guys from all these teams. And the giant beat guys are kind of optimistic that they're going to re, re-sign Leonard Williams. Yeah, so, I don't know if that's going to happen sooner or rather than later or before free agency or during free agency, but... Although I, j- I just saw a tweet today that said the exact opposite, that it looks like he's going to be able to test free agency. So hmm. um, so we'll see. But um, I think that that would be a really good signing for the Dolphins to be to play that. that um, I guess you can think of it as a sort of a five-technique defensive yeah. end position. But Which I think – They did not um, have any last year. They had Wilkins playing a lot in, in – Well, the they, they had what, – what was his name? Avery Muss? Um uh, Moss. Yeah, Avery Moss. And, and think, think of the position that he kept playing and, um, and, and put, in, put in Leonard Williams there. Uh, and also, some of this, quite frankly, he could replace what Taco Charlton did too. Um, I think that would be a good, really good signing for Miami. Uh, also, Jason Pierre-Paul, he's not, he's not young anymore. No, 31. But – I looked at, I watched, I watched a lot of the Shaq Barrett stuff and Jason Pierre-Paul on the other side of him is doing harder work and looking damn fine doing it. And so he's still, he can still play and he's not going to be expensive. So he's 31, but. Now let's move on to a couple of expensive options and. These guys are expected to return to their teams. Chris Jones, Eric Armstead. Do you see them breaking the bank for him if either one shakes loose? Because they both fit. Chris Jones, certainly. Um, but that's not going to happen. No. There's no way. No way in hell. No. Um, Eric Armstead, I, I think, is a little bit uh, more shaky. I, I know San Francisco wants to keep him. Mm-hmm. Some people just think that that's an impossibility. Um. I don't think I don't see him considering Miami though, because no. unless we just absolutely, you know, hey, here's twenty million dollars a year. Um, <laughs> yes, you know, but I think I think he won't because 
he got to he got to play in Chris Kasirik's defensive line style last year, and that's where he blossomed, which is that all-out wide nine system. They lined him up wide, and then they really got a lot out of him that way. He was in more of a sit and read before that, and um, and he wasn't as valuable. He wasn't he wasn't uh, having as much fun, and I think he's not going to want to go back. Why would he want to go back to that? Mm. So. Um, now, now, one guy who I think fits, but I wouldn't call him a disappointment, but he doesn't get me all too excited, but he's been rumored to be a target, and that's Shaq Lawson. Would you mm-hmm. have any interest? Yeah, I'd have some some interest. I, I, particularly, Marion Hobby will know him pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I think he can he can play, and maybe you could be, even be convinced that you can get some more out of him than – than what he's gotten so far in his career. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I think Sheldon Day would be an, an interesting player, uh, even though he's not hes not tall. He's, you know, at the crash position that I talked about, they're, they're going to want some guy that's got really long arms. Um, that's that's going to be a must. Um, so there's only so many guys that you could, that you could uh, try and get for that. But... Um, It'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do, what they actually have in mind. Mm-hmm. Now let's move on to the sexiest position in free agency, and that's pass rusher slash edge slash $20 million a year. Oh, yeah. and The, the rush linebacker. Yes. And we're talking Clowney. We're talking Judon. And to a lesser extent, Nguike and... I don't know if that's possible because he's talking 24, 25. He's, causing, he's talking crazy numbers. Uh, the, the analytics guys think that he's absolutely worth every penny of it. But, wow, we're back to paying one defensive player $25 million a year? I don't see it. I can't see them try to revisit Jodavian Clowney. Do you, see, do you see either of these three guys being approached by the Dolphins? Jadavian Clowney, if they liked him well enough to try to actually work out the trade before, yes. then certainly, certainly they could approach him. Um, what's that gonna What's that gonna be like on the other side? Because listen, I, I just can't imagine this. This is this is hard for me to imagine, and I'm certainly have not heard of this before, where you agreed to trade with a, a team to trade for a guy, mm-hmm. and then the, that team goes to tell the guy that we've worked out this trade and the guy says to hell with you. I'm not going there. <laughs> yes. Work something else out with someone else. I'm not uh-huh. going there. And then months later, only a couple of months later, he signs a massive free agent contract and goes to the place that he just vetoed. Yes. And that it's unimaginable to me. Right. Although, you know, this place is much more attractive and will be more attractive. Yeah, but it was season. it was a couple of months ago. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, trust me, guys, guys' mindsets do not change that fast. They don't. Uh-huh. They don't. So it's a pipe dream. I say put it away. It's not happening. Um, did you mention Yannick Ngakwe? Uh, yeah, or Ngakwe. Unique, unique Ngakwe? You know, he's actually like his name says um he is unique uh in how fast he goes 
<laughs> I mean, and if you're gonna, if you're talking about getting a guy, I hate this rush linebacker position because it seems like they're given so many advantages that you're not surprised when they're produ- when they're productive. Yeah, I and mean, we we got Vince Pete and Beagle off the scrap heap, and for the first half of the year, he was literally one of the most efficient, productive rush linebackers in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, like top five or something like that for half the season, which by the way, is like, well, maybe we should give him another chance, but also it's just, it's just the spacing and the advantages that you give these guys. So it's, it's often, we discussed this before the show. You're like, I, I think this guy's a bull trap. And I was like, well, rush linebackers in general are bull trap. Um, yeah. You know, I I really think that I I think that's that's true. So I, there's definitely a a risk in signing any of them. But at least when I look at Yannick and Gakway, um, he's he he looks different. Like he moves different. He is just that fast, um, that fast off the edge. And and so he's doing more with his with his own real ability, sort of just like Jadavian Clowney. Like he's doing a lot with his real ability uh, and not just the spacing. I think Shaq Barrett is not, he's taking advantage of the spacing and he's, he's sort of like um, the Paul Pierce of, uh, of rush linebackers. And because you know, he, he just, you know, he's, he's well-rounded and he's aware and he, he can, he has balance and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, Yannick Ngakwe, though, like he's he's got there's a little bit of Cam Wake in there. I could see it. I could see it. And and that's interesting that you say that name. Now we have to address this because our listeners are gonna say, hey, hey, there's a guy out there with 19 and a half sacks, and you guys, you know, just you know, brushed them aside. Shaquille Barrett. That's what I just said. No, I was just he's gonna be expensive. You just mentioned him. Uh I guess you're gonna poo-poo it. I'm gonna poo-poo yeah. it. I'm not in on it. Uh you say no, right? Well, like I said, he's he's like he's like the Paul Pierce of which I guess some people really like Paul Pierce, but yes. <laughs> I'm a Miami Heat fan, so I don't. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's just he's he's more deliberate as a rush linebacker. I think he takes every bit advantage of the spacing uh, advantages that you can create for a rush linebacker, um, and he's so that's why he's productive i looked at him and i looked at the tampa bay line and i i see jason pierre paul on the other side um doing a hell of a job without those sorts of advantages and that that's attractive to me Mm -hmm. so chris uh anybody else at that rush linebacker position that you might have some interest in I mean, we talked about Yannick Ngakwe and Shaq Barrett we touched on. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know that any of them I, – I get really uncomfortable with all of those guys. So, no, not really. Um, unless uh, – who's the guy with the uh, Rams? Um, Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler. I mean, he's, he's so, sort of interesting. I, I'd be interested to see what, what his price tag is. Matt Judon is going to be tagged. He's there's no way he's available. Um, Do you think he so, gets traded though? Tagged, tagged and traded. I think he could. I think he could get tagged and traded. Um, but are we going to be the one doing the trading? Well, who knows? That's very weird. Who is this on the other line that just came into the show, talking to us? I think that was just all the time, dude. Yeah, I, 
I've been talking to him. Oh, you fucks man. wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is Simon Clancy, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Uh, of course, we had a mix-up as far as time and because of our archaic uh, agricultural rules. Uh, we have a difference of four hours, and he thought it was five, and it should have been six. So, Simon Clancy. So, Simon, we've been talking about rush linebackers. Where would they spring for big money on any of these guys? Do you see it? Um, I mean, I've been saying for a while, I think they'll fix one of the lines in free agency to make it easier in the draft. And it seems to me as though um, as though the defensive line would be easier to fix. I mean, I know there's rumors about Joe Tooney and those sorts of things. And, you know, I can definitely see them dipping into the offensive line, given they've got a lot of money. But, you know, it also wouldn't surprise me to see them come away with a DJ Reader, a Eric Armstead and, a you know, Somebody like that to, to to shore things up on the defensive line and and really move forwards like that 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 to me would not surprise me and I think you probably discussed the the names. Um, yeah, we but, mentioned both. You know, of them. to to me, Judon would be would be fascinating if he does get tagged and traded. Um, I, I think Dante Fowler is an interesting name. You know, the last couple of years he's played pretty decently. Um, obviously, Kyle Van Noy is probably a name that you've talked about which, you know, you could probably see ending up in Detroit, potentially. I'm not 100% sold that that we, that we, would, we would push for him. Mm. Um, Bud Dupree is an interesting name. You know, I wonder whether Pittsburgh end up tagging him. Um, but, you know, I think um, I think it'll be one of the names that you guys have talked about, really. Yeah, now one guy that I think they should be in on, and I don't think it's going to be too expensive, and that's Danny Shelton. They need a zero type. They don't have one on the roster right now because John Jenkins is a free agent. Uh, interest in Danny Shelton, Chris, Simon? I was last year. I mean, so he'd probably, he'd probably make a pretty good mid-level sort of signing, like maybe $6 million a year or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he play, he's played well and he, he, he does well. He knows the system, knows Flores, obviously. You know, um, I mean, there's other guys out there as well. Andrew Billings. Um, I think might draw some interest, uh, you know, and I, I mentioned Reader. He's going to be a, a fascinating guy to watch. He's going to get very, 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 very rich very, very quickly, I think. But yeah, Shelton definitely fits the bill as a, as a guy that just knows the system and can slot in as one of those rotational guys. Any interest in Ashan Robinson? Hmm. Um, I'd say, interestingly, I wonder if there's interest in Duran Reed of hmm. Seattle. Um he strikes me as a guy that they might like. I mean, I think he had a bit of a down year last year, but um, and I think that suspension coming into 2019, I thought he'd played. Didn't he have 11, 10 or 11 sacks a couple of seasons ago? Um, he reminds me a little bit of Jordan Phillips in terms of his pass rush ability. Um, who's another? Isn't Phillips a free agent or a restricted free agent this year? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I think he's on the market. But yeah. Um, Duran Reed will be an interesting guy as well to to keep an eye on. No, that's true. I can see that. I can see Jaron Jaron Reed. Yeah, we we we've all talked about David on Yamada too. And yeah, Shelby Harris is the other guy, the Broncos, the Broncos guy that would you know, he's um he had a good season I thought last year, and um, you you wonder whether or not he's a kind of elite level role player slash mm-hmm. average starter, but um, again, the, this defense thrives on role players, so. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Now let's move on to the secondary and pretty sexy name out there to be had, and that's Byron Jones 
Do you think it happens? This this team has been pretty tight-lipped as far as who they're going to go after, and we haven't heard much about as far as initial targets. He will, pretty, he, he will be a pretty big one. I would say he's the most expensive secondary player on the market. Do you like him, first of all, Simon? And would you spring the likely $16 million a year that it's going to cost to get him? Um, I think he's a really, really, really good player. Um, I thought the move back to corner from safety, was it two years ago, yes. really paid off. Um, I didn't think he was as good last year as he was. In t- I thought he was about as good as there was in the league in 2018. Yeah, um, he wasn't very good last year, but in 2018, he was likely the best cornerback in football. Yeah, um, him and Stefan Gilmore certainly were the, yes. were the two best corners two years ago. Um, I don't think he's had an interception in two seasons, which I find intriguing. Um, but I also think he's, you know, shown really good ability to match up and, you know, in man coverage on an island with the, the, the you know, an opponent's best receiver. So I think he's probably the best. And he's also young. I mean, is he still only like twenty six? Just turned twenty six or something? Uh, um, he'll be twenty seven this season. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think he's probably the best defensive free agent on the market, and I assume will be a huge market for him. I mean, to me, this is a team and a head coach that loves defensive backs, and you can't have enough of them. Um, the question is whether or not they're willing to pay, you know, essentially what will be the most expensive and the second most expensive corner in, in the NFL. I, I don't know whether that's something they're going to want to do. Um, but, you know, talk about locking down the position. Um, if you have, if you've got Xavier Howard on one side and Byron Jones on the other, with you know, with Bobby McCain plus Eric Re- uh, uh, plus um, Eric Rowe plus you know Nick Needham and potentially a couple of safeties, a couple of corners that they bring in, in the draft, um, you know you're definitely boxing off one area if you think that you're going to be able to bring in Jones. But whether or not they're going to actually pay that much money for a guy they don't know. I mean, look, last year they went up to, what, $60 million for Trey Flowers, $50 million for Trey Flowers before they pulled the plug. Yeah. I wonder mm-hmm. if a team like Washington, you know, Ron Rivera, who loves corners, obviously, you know, no more Josh Norman. Uh, whether or not he gets involved in his old player, James Bradbury, remains to be seen. But, I, you know, I, I, I think if you can... He can corner the market, if you pardon the pun. I, I think it's definitely a deal worth investigating pretty hard. Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm all for it, one, 100%. I think I think it'd be worth it. I think it, it makes sense on a couple of levels. One, he's just a really good player, so go ahead and get it. But yeah. the, uh, the other part is, I mentioned this before, what do we think about Xavier Howard going forward health-wise? Yeah. And a good yeah, way so at to one point, yeah. At one point, we stop making excuses for why he always he's always laid up with one injury or another. You know. What I mean? Yeah, and so uh, you kill two birds with one stone. You get better at the position opposite Xavier Howard, which is going to be valuable for the defense. Uh, and then also one day you could find yourself, hey, we've got to part with Xavier Howard because this just isn't working out. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you would be kind of grateful i think that you've got that 16 million dollar a year contract for byron jones and say well okay this is we've just replaced xavian howard with byron jones except we also had a little bit of bonus overlap between them two between the two or we hope that we do um so i I think you kill two birds with one stone i'm all for it but the question really is to me is ronald darby how much interest do they have in him what what should our interest level be in him um you know can 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 you fix him in this style of defense is he is he going to be healthy 
Uh, I think he's a, a really good candidate, but is it all going to work out? Mm. Yeah, mm. and two other guys that kind of fit the bill, in my, in, in my opinion, kind of long and lean and some speed. Trey Wayne's already burns any interest whatsoever, Simon, either one. I think uh, Wayne certainly. Uh, I'm not a fan of Artie Burns, I've got to say. I think Wayne's didn't really become the star that they probably hoped in Minnesota, but I think actually he's developed into a pretty consistent player. He's really, really good against the run, and he's a really good tackler as well, um, which is obviously something that the Dolphins really like. Uh, tackling is a huge priority, especially on the back end. I'm not sure... I mean, he strikes me as one of those... I mean, he, I'm not sure that he's a reclamation project because he's actually played all right, but he strikes me as one of those players that that a coach like Flores thinks he might be able to get the best out of, certainly from a, you know, um, a boundary corner. Um, I, I'm intrigued as well. There's a couple of... I mean, James Bradbury, obviously, is one of the kind of other under-the-radar names. It, there were rumours the other day that we were interested in Logan Ryan, which means that we're interested in the slot corner, which mm. makes it seem that either Bobby McCain's getting cut or he's staying at safety. Um, Ryan obviously is an interesting guy. knows you know knows the the team really well. knows Flores really well. The other guy, I suppose, is um, is Brian Poole, who had a really good year for the Falcons, um, and is almost exclusively a slot. Um, I, I wonder where you know. I wonder where he um, ends up in terms of whether or not if that really is a position that they're you know absolutely going you know, to try and nail the slot corner position. And Kendall Fuller then is the other guy, who I think was you know, one of the top slot callers in the in football a couple of years ago and they moved I thought he was interesting also safety. safety. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what what they feel about his versatility. And again, he's also just he's a young kid as well, isn't he? He's just twenty five maybe, twenty six. He is young and I'll I'll say this like um there's 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 two things here. One is that he has a reputation like some some people in Kansas City think that he's not very good. Um also at the same time, I've heard Patrick Mahomes talking about him, and he says, I, I kid with this guy all the time because in practice, he's always there. Like, he's always mm-hmm. on the ball, but he never catches it. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and I think that that – actually, there was a play in the Super Bowl. It could have been a monstrous play uh, where mm-hmm. I saw him from the back view, and it's just like, man, he really read the, had a beat on that play, and he, he jumped the ball, and, uh, and then he just didn't intercept it. But he, he looks pretty interesting as safety to me. Mm. Now, speaking yeah. of safeties, I'll, I'll give you one that, you know, makes way too much sense. If you're going to have a lot of young guys, and I do expect them to draft a couple of guys to play in the secondary. And Xavier Howard is essentially the only vet that you have right now. We're not counting Rashad Jones. We think that eventually he'll find his way out of here. We both agree on that, right? We all agree. Eric, Eric Rose is a decent vet. He's a decent vet. But wouldn't you like to have a guy like Devin McCourty captain that secondary? And he's toward the end of his career. I don't think he's going to be too expensive. He's 33 years old. Doesn't he make way too much sense, Simon? I mean, I think he makes a lot of sense for the obvious reasons, really. I I, I don't – I think his play fell off a little bit, and I wonder whether or not uh, – it's, it's, it's fascinating. I'm fascinated to see what they, what the, clearly there's a master plan. I'm fascinated to see what it is, especially on the back end, because, you know, does that involve cutting McCain? Does it involve, uh, you know, an Anton Winfield or an Ashton Davis, guys that they know, you know, we've talked about adding for nights and days with Jared Alexander, Flores loving Anton Winfield senior, um, you know, Xavier McKinney, you know, who looks like a player that could 
that can play those sort of multiple facets in the, in that defense? Are they looking for a guy who's just going to play single high? You know, does Grant Delpit fall that to, to one of those picks? And there are so many kind of question marks as to exactly what they want to do. And you know, does that mean they move Roe? Does Roe play a bit more in the box as he did? You know, I mean, he was so versatile last year. He played so many different positions. You know, do they look at a guy like Jimmy Ward who finally stayed healthy for the 49ers and plays so many different positions? Um, you know, it, it 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 it's a fascinating one. And you know, I'm not sure, you know, like I said, clearly it's a master plan. And um I just don't know what it is yet. But it's um yeah, I think McCourty ultimately because of, you know, of what he does and how he like you say, I think that word you use captains is a really critical one. That's a you know, that he you would not be surprised. I think I'm sort of stumbling around, but I think you would not be surprised if they brought him in. What about uh, this? Is just kind of an off the wall because we never talked about him. Um, you know, going back to corner, what do we think of? I mean, is is it over for Jason Barrett? Like, what's what do we think of him? Like, could he could he fit here? Could he um, could he be a play a reclamation? Hmm. It, it, that's one hell of a reclamation project. I guess, I guess you can bring him in. I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to get too many visits. I think he's just get, he gets into a camp and he tries to stick and likely won't. I, I don't think I, you know, it's, we're at 29 years old. It's mm-hmm. been a steady decline for the last three years. I just don't see it. If he, if he hits great, but he's a camp invite type, I would say. Yeah, didn't he have four snaps last year for the 49ers? I mean, yeah, that's it. Those, <laughs> the, and, it those and only 63 the year before. Yeah, those I just think or, those, well, actually, no, he didn't play at all in 2018, yeah, and he only played 63 snaps in 2017. Yeah, um, a great so, player, I mean, but yeah. I just think it's, I just think he's over. I think it's done. I think that there's one guy, I think, one safety that I think they'll be interested in. That's Von Bell of the of the Saints. Yes, I was yeah. just about to mention him. I was about to mention actually three guys. Uh, my preference, you guys know me, my preference would be let's patch up with Rashad Jones. Let's get him in here on a little bit of a friendlier extension and let's get him to play in the box where he could be effective. But there's three really good box safeties out there. Carl Joseph, Jeff Heath, Von Bell. You just said there's there's there should be some interest in Von Bell. Mm, Simon, the other two? Um, not for me. Not for I mean, Carl, Carl Joseph gets injured an awful lot. Um, I'm not a huge Carl Joseph fan. I think Demarius Randall is a guy that would be interesting as well. He can play sort of multiple positions yeah. on that back end. Um, I mean, I think Joseph is a good player, but I just don't think he makes enough plays. And then I think he just gets hurt a lot. Um, what's he got four picks in four seasons and one forced fumble? Yeah, um, I will say this Jeff Heath is a hell of a playmaker, he makes a ton of plays and he's not going to be expensive. What about another another injury reclamation? Um, uh, thought because he just signed a big contract just last year, but he's already been released from it. Um, and that's Tony Jefferson, strong safety. Mm-hmm. Um, slow, slow, isn't he? But I don't think he was slow. <laughs> I don't no. know what he is now. I think Jefferson's a good player. The, the one thing with Heath that worries me, Alf, is that he's had shoulder issues for the last couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, that would that would concern me. Tony Jefferson's an interesting name. It's definitely yeah, Jeff Heath. The, the way Jeff Heath plays football, it's a car wreck every single snap. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense that he's falling apart physically. But mm. he sure makes plays, and I don't think he's going to be too expensive. 
I mean, Miles Killebrew is is a guy that that can function in this defense or has shown that he can function in this defense um, in a certain role. Uh, it's sort of a box safety role. Um, so, you know, he might be one of those super low-level guys that you keep an eye on. Didn't Jefferson tear an ACL in November? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. He, that's how he ended up busted out of his, his big contract so soon. Now, one guy that we did hear, or, or I heard, they had some interest in. I know that you're lukewarm on him, Simon, and I know you kind of like him, Chris, and that's Trey Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you guys could bat that one around. I'm for it. I think he's, I think he's perfect if you're just going to plug him in as a single high guy. And we're going to have plenty of guys to play a bunch of different roles. I don't think he's going to break the bank because he never has. So... If you're just going to slot him in to play, to play one simple role on this defense, I think he could do that. So take it away, Simon. Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think he's a decent player. I just the, – the, the, the inability to tackle – and Chris and I talked about this about a couple of college kids, Isang Bassi and um, somebody mm-hmm. else. And you do wonder that if you're playing in that particular position, and I know that you, but, you know, he is a real ball hawk, the ball seems to find him. I, I, I just wonder about how much they value the ability to tackle. Um, you know, you look at someone like Devin McCourty, um, who is just such a sure tackler in space. I mean, I, I, I read, I think I read it earlier on when, when he was linked. I think he's had something like 1,080 tackle attempts and only missed 70 in his entire career, which is just astonishing when you consider yeah. all that he's done. Um you know, because he can play all those different positions close to the line, cover tight ends, but, he, you know, he's best as that sort of deep free safety. And you can't do that, I don't think, with Boston. Um, you know, and I just I just wonder in that situation when you're, especially when you're playing one-on-one um, on the back end, whether or not you can rely on him if shit, shit goes wrong. I think he's one of the better pure free safeties in the game. I just have a concern that, his lack of versatility might be something that they steer clear of. And all right, I guess we could, we could wrap up the second yeah. with this and I can ask you first, Chris, and then I'll ask you, Simon, uh, Walt Aikens has finally made it to, to unrestricted free agency. Do you bring him back as your defensive? I mean, not as your defensive, but as your special teams captain, Chris. I, I, I don't have very, strong opinions on second team or on special teams um but yeah i think that they're generally for young players and so unless you are thinking that wall dickens is is uh the great matthew slater <laughs> i think he's pretty um, damn good he's just yeah he's pretty he's pretty good I, I, don't get me wrong but he, he's not functional as safety no he's and not. He's, he's, not he's never been fun defense I don't he's not he's never been functional in the secondary and yeah. at some point it's over. Yes. I just find it interesting that this is the first time he tests free agency in his career and it took him seven years to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's only played, he only played, just looking here, he only played defense in seven games last season. And given how young and inexperienced we were on the back end and given his experience, I thought it was remarkable. I mean, I think it's testament to how he's viewed as a defensive player 
that he wasn't on the field. And I think that that says an awful lot. I suspect he's going into free agency hoping that he gets more snaps on defense. But I think essentially he's just a, he's a bit like Michael Thomas in that respect. I just think he's a really, really good special teams player. He was the sole special teams captain last year. Um, and that underlines his his usefulness to this team. But at some point, if you can't get on the field as you know defensively or you can't be trusted on the field defensively, you have to be a hell of a special teams player to only play special teams if yeah, you're not right. a kicker or a kicker, a punter or a long snapper, you know? So we could be seeing the end of a great Miami Dolphins career. Mm. <laughs> yeah. one, one defensive lineman I, I, we didn't talk about, or at least we didn't, uh, certainly when I was here, was Javon Hargrave. It's mm. an interesting name, right. that, you know, as a guy that, you know, certainly Chris and I have liked for a long time. Um, as a free agent, I, I think he is a very, very intriguing name um, as a player that is going sort of under the radar. Um, we liked him coming out. Um, and I think, you know, you look at when Stefan Tewitt got hurt and he, you know, he'd always played, to my mind, at a really good level. And I think he just, you know, played even better, playing obviously alongside Cam Hayward, which certainly helps. Um, right. But I think he's more than just a run stuffing nose tackle. I think he can, you know, he can get after the quarterback as well. And I, you know, to me, he's a he's an ascending young player. Um, and I think if you're looking for sort of under the radar um, interior defender and under the radar interior defender who will get paid significantly well, but probably less than a DJ Reader, I think you could do a lot worse than Javon Hargrave. All right. The question is, is does he does he fit? Like, do they apply size and, and yeah. profile standards here in Miami? Um, if they do, then he's he's probably a little out of luck. Yeah, maybe. Um, so. Maybe. All right. I think we could wrap it up here. And what, the way we could do it is that the part that, that Simon missed, we could tell him, like, what our consensus was, and he could just go yay or nay on each one. Cool. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, just I don't know if we does. Just let me vote on your shit. Just <laughs> <laughs> vote on our shit. Yeah, he doesn't have to really elaborate. He just has to say no. I don't. I don't. I don't even know that we came up with anything, though. You know, just. Well, that's what we talked about. You know. I'm just intrigued to know who you guys talked about. Right? All right. Okay. Let me let me bring that in. Yeah, because I don't think we could do the mock draft because this show's already. No, I, I my my dog is whining back there, which means he needs to go yeah. out. Yeah, I've got a little bit. Yeah, and we're headed for like an hour and 20-minute show. So, yeah, so let's just recap on that. Well, Simon, you joined us a little bit late, so it's only fair that you get to comment on what we talked about earlier in the show. And I just take you position by position, and you can make very brief comments, yay or nay, on each one. The running back position, both of us kind of agreed. Melvin Gordon, Miami Dolphins. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> Even at $8 million. No. And what about his backup, 5,000-year-old Methuselah, Frank Gore? Uh, makes a lot of sense, I suppose. Not for me, but... All right, we're not in on any wide receivers in free agency. Although, Albert Wilson, we're waiting to see what happens with him, and then maybe we go out for something. Mm. Okay, tight end, we, we kind of agreed it's over. Like, you know, mm. there's, they're not going to do much more at the position. Then we went to offensive line, and we didn't actually, you know, advocate this, but we're wondering aloud, Jack Conklin, left tackle? Maybe? He played it in yeah. college? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. All right. And we didn't like much else. Andres Pete. We're, yeah. Mm, now that, we're was moving the, on to guards. that was the big one we talked about. Yeah, we moved, on, we moved on to guards, and that's where we liked a whole lot. And Andres Pete, I guess we were both 
all in on him. Going to be expensive, about 11, 12 million a year. Yeah, I like Pete. Good player. All right. Uh, Scherf, we decided too expensive. Going to be a pain yep. in the ass to get out of Washington because they're going to fight for him. Um, I guess the other guy was that we talked about was Quentin Spain. Chris said yeah. very cheap. Played well. So I guess we're in. We're not in on that. Yeah. Okay. He could back up at least, you know. Absolutely. And one thing that Chris did say was Joe Tooney. Can yeah. he play left tackle? And would you pay him as a left tackle? Well, he, play him there. You sign him to play left guard. I think he can play left. It's possible he could play left tackle on a pinch. He played it in, in college and was surprisingly good. Would the other guy that, that? Um, I'd be on him playing guard. I'm not sure I'd be on him playing tackle. The other guy, obviously, not a free agent, but Trent Williams uh, exploring yeah. the trade. I'd, yeah, be on, I'd, I'd be all over that like a cheap suit. Yeah, at center. A 20 million, a 20 million a year? I mean, he's probably one of the top four or five left tackles in football. Yes. Um, and, and actually was probably better than the guy that we traded to Houston right? before he got cancer. I think that's fair to say. As good as we as good as No, I, me, I agree with that. But I think he was better. Um, and I think if he medically checks out, to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. And also, two other things. One, we've got the money. And two, it's not our money. It's not, it's not my money, it's so not. I can do shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Just yeah. just, but right. just look, in all seriousness, if you're worried about the health of your quarterback that you're going to draft potentially – Mm-hmm. And then turn your offensive line to an absolute stud unit because it's been a long time since we had one. And if all of a sudden you wake up on the first day of the season and your your offensive line is, you know, Trent Williams, Joe Tooney, Graham Glasgow, I don't know, even what's his name? No, but even the guy that we had, uh, Jesse Davis, and then Lucas Niang or something like that, a right tackle. I mean, there's your there's your protection unit for Tua straight off the bat. You know, that's a pretty well, decent offensive line to move into the season with. One thing I found interesting is the fact that Arizona supposedly was interested and they just signed DJ Humphreys at left tackle uh, to, you know, to a big, long contract. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, because Trent Williams played right tackle yeah. for most of his college career. Um, it makes cool. me wonder if he's signaling to anybody, you know, hey, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. play wherever. He's 31 years old. Um you know, who knows? So if he does have that sort of versatility, that's even better to me because now if you're not screwed, if Josh Jones is the guy that falls to you in the draft, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think that it's interesting that way. I I'm with you. I, I think it is, I do tend to think it's a slam dunk. Um, I, I don't, obviously you don't want to give up too much for him, but mm. if, you, if you're worried about the health of Tua Tungabailoa, which everybody should be, uh, well, that's one way to to make sure the young kid survives yeah. <laughs> to grow the, up in the NFL. The Dolphins aren't getting Thomas, Wirfs, Wills, or Mackay Becton. So no. then you're looking at the the, the, the the second tier, which is Josh Jones, Matthew Peart. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ezra Cleveland, but it feels like he's one of the guys. Mm. And um, uh, Peart, yeah, Peart however you pronounce it, and Lucas Niang, a TCU right tackle, Absolutely. who's a really good player. And I think uh, and I think on form and ability, you throw Sadiq Charles in, but in terms of off the yes. field stuff, you'd probably throw him out. But I think those four guys, Niang, Piat, Cleveland, Jones, are the next four, and it just depends on how they feel about, you know, and if you draft Tua, then to me, I could see them taking Niang at, potentially at Niang at 25, 26, whatever pick it is, just because he fits so well in terms of 
you know, and we've had this conversation a lot about blindside protection for a left-handed player. And you look at Bruno Sarsen and Anthony Munoz and, and Steve Young had Steve Wallace. And, you know, I've mm. talked to an offensive line coach who said, really, it doesn't matter. It's still the set. You know, it doesn't matter whether your, your strength is at left tackle or right tackle. It's, it doesn't quite work the way that you think it would work. Um, but Niang would make an awful lot of sense. Um, as would Pierre, who has obviously played a lot of right tackle too. So, but you, you know, you pair either of those guys up with a Trent Williams, and I mean, come on, it doesn't get a lot better than that. No, it yeah. doesn't. And one last position, we decided there wasn't much out there at the center position, but Chris is sending Daniel Kilgore the hell out of here and going to get Ben Garland of the okay. San Francisco Forty ers Okay, I could see that. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested in Graham Glasgow, the the Lions center mm. slash guard um and i think you know there's some really interesting draft eligible centers um, yeah mostly i want matt hennessy yeah you know matt hennessy um you know i like cushionbury um I, I i you know i don't think tyler biadash became a bad player overnight i, I think he's no, got work no. to do but you know you look at this time last year he was going to be a first round pick if he had come out so you know i think there's some you know daryl williams I, I love i really like the caesar ruiz kid at, at michigan i think he's got some real sand in his trunk and you know i think he can you know he's a bit raw but i think you could play him at guard potentially if you wanted to but i think he you know ultimately he could be a really good eric mccoy type center um, moving forwards with a bit more experience, but he looks like a you know a player that's that, that could bed down and play ten years in the middle for you. All right, and on the way out, uh, both I and 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 Chris, we were both hard nosed on Shaq Barrett because I was saying you know our listeners are going to say, guys, we need a pass rusher, and this guy had nineteen and a half sacks. Yeah. How come we're not in on him? We're both a hard no. You say, Simon? Yeah, a hard no. I think he's a nice player, but I think he's an absolutely perfect fit for the system. Um, and I'm not necessarily sure that he's scheme versatile in terms of just being able to suddenly come to a, you know, th- it's a very different ask to come yes. to a, to a Dolphins defense than it was to play in, to play in Tampa. I just don't necessarily see that the, the fit being one that would justify the, the cost, I think, ultimately. Breaking um, news. Um, they just signed Shaq Barrett. Who, Tampa? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, I see Marshall Yander's retired as well. We just, we just, we just guaranteed it though because yeah. you just said yeah, that all, three all of us are hard, hard nose, nose on show. That means Shaq that they're giving Barrett him, they're giving him five years, one hundred and ten million, one thousand percent. He's the first guy that they. Um, yeah, we yeah. hear about this next Monday at twelve o'clock noon. I mean, yeah. look, he was a good player in Denver. To be fair, yeah. oh yeah, player. I, I actually, I, I liked him a lot in college too. I just mm. the reason I, it's it's not that I'm a hard no it's that I'm uncomfortable to begin with with rush linebackers because they're given so many advantages and that that's like position that's like the example one a to me of the guy that you take from somebody else's system you put him in your system and it's like hey why isn't this working yeah um you know and and that's and th- so I think that you run into all kinds of problems with that and then on top of it. To me, he's a guy that did it because, you know, he had balance and because he's he's well-rounded, not because he's doing it with his really, you know, uh, compelling physical ability. I think at least Yannick and Gakaway, you look at him, you're like, my God, he's fast. You know, my God, he's fast around the edge. He's like yes. Cam Lake. Um, you know, Barrett's not like that. He's just a good all-around player, and, and he does it right. I, I compared him like the uh, – the Paul Pierce of sort of rush linebackers, um, you know, 
maybe that works. I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that should be what Miami goes for anyway. I don't know. Well, all right, guys, the next time that we talk to you will be probably next Monday. And we might know about maybe one or two or three or four new Miami dolphins. Cause that will be the tampering period. We'll be broadcasting pretty much the first night, right? Right, Chris, is that correct? The first night of the tampering period? Or the second yeah, I think so. I think it should be uh, at noon. It starts at noon that day. Yeah. On Monday. But this was a very meaty episode. This was our free agency preview. You got plenty to digest here and get to us at Twitter. All right, that's it. There is no more. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.